On today's episode, we talk to Echo Bodine. She is an author of How to Live a Happily Ever Afterlife. She is a medium, and she is going to talk to us today about the main reasons why spirits don't move on. Listen in. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Doc, today we have quite the guest. Her name is Echo Bodine, and she just wrote a book, How to Live a Happily Ever Afterlife. So, Doc, Doc and uh, I myself are welcoming you in, Echo. So, uh, Echo, give Thank you, darling. You know, honey, I don't think I've ever seen a funeral director without his suit on. Well, this is this is our whole podcast is we're humanizing funeral directors that I'm in a ska punk band. Um, we're in we're in music. We have our own YouTube channels. We, we're 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 not the stereotypical uh, no. uh, funeral director and psychologist. So, <laughs> no kidding. But my first question to you is, how did you know that you were a medium? Like, when did you find that out? Give us a little background oh. on that. Well, honey, you know what? Um, we had a really unusual experience in my family where um, my uh, one of my brothers saw a spirit. Oh, God, it's such a long story, and I don't want to take up a lot of time telling the story. But so we're all sitting around the dinner table. My mom, dad, sister, and two brothers were sitting around the dinner table. We had finished dinner, and one of my brothers was in the uh, beginning stages of learning how to play the drums. So every night after dinner, he would go downstairs and practice on his drum set. So he's downstairs and he's kind of clanking away. And all of a sudden, this really nice drumming music comes from the den. And we all stopped and looked at our dad. And he said, I don't know, it must be the record I bought him. And within, I'd say, 10 seconds, my brother came flying up the stairs and said, <clears throat> did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? And we said, yeah, what was it? He said, a white figure floated through the door across the room, put its hands down on top of my brother's hands, and he played the music. So my brother came upstairs. He was absolutely freaked out. And we were like, what? And I mean, what? This was... This was in 1965. My family, we did not talk about ghosts. We were not involved in the paranormal. Um, it, it, it was like, what are you even talking about? And so my mom was in a prayer group at the time. And one of the women had mentioned that she had been to a psychic. So my mom called this lady. She calls the psychic. And she said, um, this happened for an important reason. I need to see you and your oldest daughter, Echo, for a psychic reading. Okay, so of course we were curious, called the next day, made an appointment, went and saw her. And that's when she told me, now I was a senior in high school, I was very shy. And as she told me that I was born with all four of the psychic abilities and with the gift of healing. And I'm like, what? And 
Okay. And then she says, you're going to be a well-known psychic. You're going to write books, be, be on radio and TV, travel around the world. You're going to teach other people how to develop their psychic abilities. So there you've got the whole story. My question for you would be, how do you know you have that gift? How do you, do you see it in people or do people feel it? How does, I mean, how do you know? I teach psychic development classes and I can honestly say the majority of students in a class, when they first come, they'll say to me, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just know I'm supposed to be here. And then I'll say the same things Bertie, my teacher said to us, well, do you get visions in your head that come true? Yeah. Okay. Do you get thoughts that come into your head? Yeah. Okay. Because honey, a clairvoyant, if you have clairvoyance, that's a gift of seeing. So you get these visions. But a lot of times the visions come in two ways, either in symbols or a literal picture. Like, for example, back how many years ago was it when 9-11 happened? A week before 9-11 happened. We were in class, and one of my students raised her hand and said, Echo, I keep having a dream of airplanes flying into buildings. What does that mean? And all, before you knew it, all these hands in class went up. And all these other people said, I'm having the same dream. Well, okay, we had never had anything like that happen before. So we all stood there trying to figure out, okay, now what could that mean? Well, it was obvious literal but we didn't have any reference point at that time of what does that mean so someone that has clairvoyance you have to learn okay is this a real picture or is this symbolic of something and then for clear audience when spirit communicates to us thoughts come into our head but they sound just like our thoughts. So a clairaudient has to work at learning to discern the difference between information coming in from outside and our own imagination even. And so the students, after two or three weeks, they realize, holy smokes, this, this takes time. This, this is hard. And a lot of them will drop out at that point because, you know, it's either that it's too hard for them, they don't really understand it, they're not really grasping it, um, or the other most common reason is they stop coming because it scares the heck out of them. And they realize what a responsibility it is to have these gifts. So, honey, it's kind of a, I don't know, a hunt and pack, try to figure it out. Do I have them? Don't I have them? Um, but if people are getting visions or if they're getting messages in their head, that's two indications right there. So two questions I got for you. One is what is the, what is the difference between let's say that what you're talking about an intuition? Intuition, honey. You know what? Yeah. Oh, now see, that just shows you right there how smart you are because most people clump it all together and it's two very different things, honey. So you've got in, you've got clairvoyance, which is psychic. Uh, clairvoyance is the gift of seeing. Okay, that's up here. Clairaudience is the gift of hearing. That's up here. Clairgustance, the gift of smell. That's here. 
and clairsentience is your whole body acts like a like um it senses your body like a senses information about people okay intuition is down in here in our heart okay between our heart and our gut and the thing with intuition is that it's a knowing women always use the word uh, women will say i don't know i just know this is what we're supposed to do uh men use the words uh gut men say my gut says this is what we need to do this is how it's going down so yes honey intuition is different than psychic abilities well, let me let me ask you this question, Echo. Being it's this is let's talk about death podcast. So let's get into the death realm of this. Let's, let's talk get death. in. Let's okay. let's ta- let's talk afterlife. Let's talk okay. that because you know we do get a lot of questions about people who, especially having existential crises of being afraid of death, because most importantly, like what comes after. So in your experience being a median and having this uh, experience with other spirits and all that, what is your opinion on what happens to us after death? You know, sweetheart, it depends on our beliefs. That's what I have found. And, um, you know, let me say this. The book, it's based on the six main reasons that we have found why souls choose to remain earthbound, okay? One, and this one, the um, media really hypes this one up, that they don't know they're dead. Well, in doing this work for 57 years, um, I think I've met one, maybe two ghosts that did not know that they were dead. But realistically, they were just in denial. They're like, no, no, I didn't die. Okay. Another reason is souls who don't believe in life after death, okay? So they die, their soul comes out of their body, and they're like, uh, uh, why, what's going on? I'm not supposed to be existing anymore. I don't get this. So they, because they don't even believe in any of this, they just stay earthbound. They look around for a house that they like, and often these ghosts will pick a house that has other ghosts in it. They don't really socialize, but they like knowing there are other souls in the house. And the problem is after a while they get bored and that's when they start banging on the walls, making sounds of footsteps, playing with the electricity, turning water faucets on and off. We've seen houses where they've turned waste paper baskets upside down, clothes pulled out of closets, things moved off of um, dressers. Okay, another reason people have told us that there's someone in heaven that they don't like or they don't ever want to see again, and so they stay earthbound. Another reason is they don't like change. They don't want change. They don't like change. They don't want to go anywhere, so they remain earthbound. The number one reason that we have heard from spirits that they will not go on to the other side is they are afraid if they go to heaven, if they follow that white light and go to that white light, that they are going to get sent to hell. And that is the majority of these souls. They have strong beliefs in hell and in Satan. And so they, they have said to us, 
numbers of times, no, I'm just going to stay here. And so I've said, really, you're going to stay in this tanning parlor till eternity? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. God doesn't know where I am. God can't find me. And so what our job is, is to, it's more like ghost counseling than ghost busting. I mean, how can you bust? <laughs> you know? Once we get the reason, then we talk them uh, into, and it can take hours to convince a soul to go on to the other side. But that's what our job has been. So we've learned a lot about heaven. Heaven is, God, it's just gorgeous there. And it's it's like earth in its finest form. And, um, you know, Benny and Dr. Nick, everybody's death is a little different. Some souls leave the body before it's even died. There's always loved ones from the other side that come to this side to get us. Um, nobody ever dies alone. As a matter of fact, something that I've learned is souls prefer being alone when they die. All right. Um, I had I had interviewed a funeral director for one of my books, and I said, "Is there one thing you hear from people all the time?" And he said, yes. People say, you know, I was with her every day, every hour. I never left her side. And the one time that I go to my car to, I don't know, get something out of the glove compartment, she died. And he said he heard that story over and over and over. So I was very curious about that. And I asked, I don't even remember who I asked, um, one of the souls, though, that we helped over to the other side. Why is that? And and the soul said, well, think about it. You're laying in a bed, hospice or hospital or home, and you've got all your loved ones around you, and they're praying for a miracle. They're crying. They're saying, please don't leave me. I can't live without you. And he, this ghost said to me, so would you want to leave when everybody's crying and they're begging you to stay? And he said, no, we wait for that one quick second where they all go do something and then we can leave the body and we can go to the other side. I think that's very interesting. So with this experience and with this gift that you have, has it helped your existential exit? Has it helped you contemplate your own death or has it complicated it even more? No, honey. No, 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 no. Because it's so easy to die. It is. It's so easy. The soul just comes out and and uh, shoots on over to the other side. Yeah. It's really that's easy. One, that's wonderful. Wonderful. And, and going back to the, your funeral director. Yeah, absolutely. We hear that all the time. I was I was vigiling for two weeks. I went up to use the restroom and they passed. Um, yes. So that, that makes complete, complete sense. Yes. Um, I, yes. I think. I think it's I think it's absolutely wonderful. I think it, a question for this. You you keep mentioning this this guardian angel. Does every one of us have yeah. it like they say? Does every one yeah. of us have it? Yeah. You either have a guardian angel or a spirit guide. A spirit guide is someone who has lived on earth and um they're healthy. Uh there's you can't if you're messed up, you can't be a spirit guide. So their job in heaven, if they choose to, 
is um, they will say, you know, I'd like to be the guide for someone. And their job really is just they see our life path. They see why we're here, what we're here for. And their job is to keep us on track. Mm -hmm. And you know what? People say to me all the time, well, if I have a spirit guides, then why can't I see them? Why don't I talk to them? But our souls talk to our guides all the time because our souls can see our guides. And so usually at night when our body lays down and goes to sleep, the soul often comes out of the body to take a break and it communicates with its soul, with its guides. I've heard people talk about a third eye or the thinning of the veil. Have you heard those too? Yes. Yes, honey. Third eye is located right here in your forehead and middle of your forehead. And that's, that's what we use to see our visions. Okay. And yes, honey, you know, I just had this conversation yesterday with someone, um, about, you know, they always say at this time of year, the veil is thin. And I said to someone yesterday, why is the, why is the veil thin? thinner this year is it because we're all thinking about death and halloween i said because it doesn't make sense to me i mean psychically i don't see it any different now than i see it in june or february so i'm not sure why they say that but they do so let me ask you this is is in your opinion the reason why more people can't do what you do because of fear Fear is a big part of it, honey. Yeah, fear. You know, another, the biggest part is religion. Because a lot of people think, uh, you know, people have said to me, oh my God, I hope my pastor never finds out that I'm taking these classes. Um, and, and I've had people go to their pastor and just try to get their permission to take psychic development classes. So it seems that religion, religion seems to be the biggest issue for people when it comes to developing their psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the last question I got for you, you made that, you know, when you were talking about w- how it happened to you, have you ever got that where you knew you had to reach out to someone and say, Hey, you need to see me next Thursday. I- I'll see you at my house. Have you ever had a situation like that? Oh, honey, you know, where I, you know, where it happens is if I'm, out in public with someone and all of a sudden their spirit guide is standing there telling me you have to tell them this. And I just, God, I don't want to. And that's more how it happens. They catch up with me out there in public someplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that that could get an like and I know it sounds weird saying that because it, obviously it's worth what they were telling you to say but I could I could totally tell as a, as a human you're like ah, this is annoying I didn't I didn't have time for this today yeah. I got to get other things to do thank exactly. you for doing that yes. um yeah but so I got yes. a question for you can you see spirits through like zoom and stuff can you see like just Oh, through Zoom. Can you see? You so, like, what? if there was a spirit oh, by could... Doc and I, would you see it? That's my, I guess, my question. Yeah, honey, I would. Yeah, I okay. would. If, yeah, yeah. And I don't see anything back there. There's no little kind of, sometimes awesome. it's really faint, but there's no, no, there's nothing. Can you, in can there. you, like, every person you see, can you see their spirit guide or their spirit guide choose to show itself whenever it wants to? Um, 
Hmm, that's a good question. Well, if I were doing a psychic reading for someone, then I see their guides and I communicate with their guides. Mm -hmm. But Very honey, you know what? It in normal everyday life, I'm just like you, just mm -hmm. like Dr. Nick. I no, uh, I don't look for information on people. I don't look for their spirit guides. I try to live as normal a life as possible. Let's, yeah, I assume it's very vulnerable, right? It's, it's, yeah, it it's. I'm funny. sure at times it's, it, it's, it's probably good to turn off at certain times. Wow. It's hardest when I walk by somebody, walk by a neighbor, and I see the word cancer or mm. um, death. That's when it's like I don't want to have this. I just take it away from me. Yeah, that's that's when it's icky. Is when I get bad information on people. The one question I did want to leave you with is. Yeah, honey. Have have you ever been had a chance to watch someone take their last breath? Yes. Did you see their soul leave their body? Yep. Yep, honey. It's really cool. You just and you know what else I've seen, honey, is I've seen people uh, like people will ask me to come to the hospital and um, do a healing on their person, try to help them either heal or to die, and I'll walk in and I will see the soul of the person sitting in a chair or standing over in the corner and it's like oh, oh, okay all right i see you over there so i can communicate telepathically with them and just say what's going on and they'll say um they'll give me different reasons why this oh you know what's interesting they've taught me that when the soul is out of the body the body doesn't feel any pain and so that's why when somebody's in the hospital and they're really sick and they're in pain, when they appear almost like they're dead, you know, their breathing is very shallow. There's no movement in the body. That's when the soul is out. And then when the soul comes back in, oh, they start to make noise and the body starts to move. So that's how you can tell if the soul is out of the body or not. I think the golden question all of our listeners want, how do you know what heaven looks like? Oh, Have you God, been I've seen it so many times when I've done psychic readings for people. And, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to tell you is that uh, I would say 95% of people, souls, attend their own funerals. Okay. So oh, okay. they are there. And I've seen, honey, I w I've been to a few, a few funeral parlors that were haunted. And, um, and I see the soul. Oh, God. I see. I, I remember I walked by this one room and, and I said to the funeral director, I said, is there a woman in there, a deceased woman? And he said, yeah, they're working on her right now. And I said, well, she's really worried about her hair. And he burst out laughing. And he said that she was a hostess at a local restaurant. And she was always worried about her hair. And so I saw the soul. She was just standing there. She was trying to tell the person that was working on her how to fix her hair. It, I mean, it's very <laughs> interesting when you can see it from both perspectives. It's really fun. Is there like a normal time where they tend to move on in your experience? You know, honey, sometimes, like when my dad died, uh, his soul I came in the room and his soul was going up. My grandma was with him. And I said, and I looked at his body and his body was breathing. So I said, dad, what's going on? And he said, 
strong heart, leaving today. I'll be dead tomorrow. Okay, and that's exactly what happened. He died the next day. And I've seen that with other souls. They're, they, they don't want to wait around until the very end. So some of them, they just, they leave before the body even dies. Mm-hmm. Mm. That makes That makes sense. One more thing I want to tell you is that, again, these souls that are dying, uh, one thing they've told me is it makes it harder for them to die if we are holding on to them physically. Because what he's what they've said is they're using all of their energy to exit the body, exit their life, and then somebody will come and hold their hand or and they become very discombobulated because, oh, that's right. Now I have to focus on my physical body. So I'm just sharing that with you. I thought that was really interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So you're saying the soul gets disoriented? Yeah, the soul, because the soul is putting all of its energy into letting go mm-hmm. and then starting new. And then when someone comes and grabs their hand, they're pulled really like what and uh it can be very discombobulating for them well let's talk a little bit about the book so where can you find the book where can people ask questions or anything anything you want to kind of give out about how to get the book and all that honey you can they can get it anywhere it's amazon barnes and noble wherever it just came out in august so uh, maybe some stores don't have it yet but I, i think that they all have it and they can also order it on my website too, which is echobodine.com. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Echo. You've been absolutely wonderful. Good. I love this. You gave us a lot to think about. I'm sure somebody out there is listening going, oh gosh, I got to make that call because I have that feeling or I know that that yeah. situation. I know exactly what you're saying. Or maybe you know somebody that's listening to this is going to get a call from you in two weeks for out of nowhere, out of the blue. <laughs> That's going to happen. You never know. You never know, right? You never know. You never know. So never know. No. Thank you so much. This 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 has been beautiful. I will say this, and I'll leave you with this. Our great grandfather had an out of body experience. He was uh, clinically dead for five minutes, and he told my dad, "Don't ever be afraid to die, grandson." I saw my mom. I felt her. I could listen. I could hear her. And the hardest part was coming back. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm telling you so, guys, dying is the easiest thing we're ever going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, when we, when he made it sound like coming back was the harder part than actually yes, dying. Was, it is. Was pretty, it is. pretty interesting. It gives us a lot of food for thought. And it kind of, it, it it adds more to the uh, existential crises if, if, if there is something in that. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you you obviously know that, but I'm just saying, like for all of you listeners out there, you know, really really think about this. This is this is great. Thank you so much for bringing it up, Echo. You've been wonderful. We love you. Be good. You're, I hope you I hope your book sells millions and billions because you Thank you are wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to both of you. What a sweet group. Not group. You're not a group. What a great host and host. Of a show, a cool co-host, idea. twin host, twin host. What, what host. A, cool, a cool idea! A funeral director and a grief psychologist. What? What a great well, combination! I, I, 
I don't know if you caught this. We're identical twins too. Yeah, so honey, then... I was thinking that I could hardly tell you apart at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was so glad that Benny had on a different color um, uh, headgear. I, no. I, I, I wore my, I wore my fall colors today. So. Oh, that's it. That was, yeah. Yeah. You too. <laughs> yes. Oh God. You guys are so cool. You have Thank been you. wonderful. You have been Thank wonderful. You. Thank you so Thanks, much. Honey. Wow, this has been an incredible, mind-blowing experience. What tonight. a journey! Oh what a journey! Gosh! And if you, if you, listeners out there, her book again is "How to Live a Happily Ever Afterlife." Please go out and get it. If you have any questions or thoughts about the book, maybe just things that come to your mind when you're listening to this, please email us at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. Like us, star us. Send it all out. Send it all out and get it out there because this has been a wonderful episode. And if you are not talking about death, you are not living.